0: Theme for the afternoon talk is why are feelings so important? I, in the exploration with you for the uh, talk, I'd like to, roughly speaking, go from the outer to uh, the inner. It is one of the most common uh, human endeavours in life to uh, enter into roles. The roles that we have are a function in the scope and the field (coughs) of communication. Amongst these roles that uh, we have, some of them are primary and may well stay with us for a long time the parenting role, the son and daughter uh, role and some other roles uh, as well. The support which emerges from the engagement with life carries with it memory, it carries with it certain intentions, it carries with it usually some patterns and habits thoughts about, images, views and feelings. The deeper we go into the being the more opportunity there is to have access to the feeling life and its significant influence in every other aspect and area of life. And it is part of the responsibility of uh, people of this earth to not only listen well and deeply, but to be able to recognise early and quickly what the feeling influence is upon the way we relate to life. What way are the feelings influencing the life? We could describe ourselves, quite appropriately, as human feelings. It would be closer to the truth than human beings. <laughs> human beings, they're a rare species. And, and it occurs, very, with the deep of the uh, uh, exploration, that the feeling life, it influences the formations of the mind, that means the states of mind it influences whether we see it or not the thoughts, the views and the perceptions and the way we interpret and sometimes we give so much value to the interpretation, to the view and to the thought that we're missing, we're forgetting that that shape of those thoughts or formations or views arises because of the kind of feeling that's going with it and if the feeling changed pleasant to unpleasant, unpleasant to pleasant or somewhere in between it can have the influence of influencing and affecting the whole way of looking at something because the feeling has changed and therefore the capacity to be mindful of the feelings or as the Buddha put it to see the feelings in the feelings to really listen out for what the feeling is at the outer level it might appear quite simple and unchallenging to be engaged in a retreat, to meditate in the four postures, to be in the silence, listen to teachings and so forth. But the whole dynamic of it, or perhaps more precisely absence of dynamic, (laughs) Uh, that's going on is giving a chance for the inner structures to start moving around quite a lot because most of the structures which we have require activity require a consistency of doing things to keep that structure holding together Mm. and once one says, I'm stopping this structure just for a week. I'm stepping back out of it. I'm not doing things to keep that structure uh, alive. The structure is threatened. And the threatening of the structure starts moving things around and sometimes that moving things around is not in the way that one anticipated. And the sure confirmation that things are moving around is feelings about things start to arise more strongly quite often it carries with it doubt it carries with it thoughts about the future what am I going to do it carries memories about the past changes I need to make and suddenly this world that means the inner world, which seemed relatively orderly, structured, fixed in the daily life, suddenly, because of the inactivity, things are going on inside, which is shaking up the internal world. Be prepared. And that, dynamic of all of that is in terms of the feelings which as I mentioned influences everything else we can feel remember feeling here we can feel under pressure to try to resolve something we don't like the insecurity we don't like feeling Shall I do this? I can't make up my mind. Shall I be in this relationship or not be in this relationship? Shall I be in this job or not be in this job? Shall I go here or shall I go uh, there? Shall I stay with this and continue with it and see where it leads? Or shall I just step out of it altogether? All of that movement which you've been reporting to Sonia and I about uh, over the days here uh, uh, not all of you thank God but a (laughs) fair few of you that in the shifting that's uh, going on it may not be possible to actually come to some kind of resolution and clarity and insight in the day or, or in the week there's no guarantee for that and that's when some trust comes in and sometimes we have to remind ourselves of the significance of trust it's no point in saying to oneself oh I should trust it will work out uh, uh, okay it's a sense that If there is movement inside With feelings and thoughts and uncertainty And insecurity and doubt It means that that formed world The internal formed world The walls, the pillars, the ceiling There's an earthquake going on And one doesn't quite know where it will all land But The shake up the movement that's going on, the trust is, let me see where this lands. Generally speaking, though it is difficult for the feelings, but because they can go from excitement and anticipation to fear and worry and backwards and forwards, though it is difficult to cope with the, uh, the shake-up, in some significant way hard to see in the middle of it all it is an engagement in finding out what your life is really about and we have to be willing to allow ourselves to experience some arising some turbulence some uncertainty uh, with it because the old may be blocking the opportunity to liberate the life the old may be blocking maybe is a polite English word for is (laughs) (coughs) and therefore the turbulence in relationship to the primary formations and structure may require from us one is a completely different change of attitude to what is important to you that may be the fundamental change a completely different change of attitude a fresh, totally fresh way of looking at an event which is important to you And if you see in your feelings and your sensitivities and your experiences which are taking place, let's say you're constantly worried, you're fearful, you're blaming, you're putting yourself down, and all the other stuff that goes on, that is intolerable. And that's going to require a significant shift in the attitude in the whole way of looking and it's going to require some reflection such a powerful tool for human beings to actually invite and ask and be patient to see what is a completely different attitude to this situation whatever it might be that might be yourself it might be the one who is closest to you, it might be uh, an activity that you're committed to. Because anything which is perceived as a problem is a confirmation of not seeing clearly. Anything which we think is really problematic, and our mind is going around and around and around it is a confirmation that one is not seeing clearly. And the ending of the problem is exactly the same thing as seeing clearly. I'm talking in personal terms here. So the problem may be outside. Fair enough. There may be wisdom and clarity about it. Uh, uh, Fair enough. But there is the wisdom and the clarity to address the problem which is there the suffering, the conflict, the issues, or whatever. In the relationship, still staying with the uh, inner to the outer uh, uh, for the moment, as I mentioned, sometimes there is this turbulence, this commotion that is uh, uh, going on inside of us. And this factor or element of of uh, trust sometimes the reminder will be very simple despite this which is going on with me whatever it is at the present time this too will pass that's just good to remember that <laughs> oh, I know the Buddhists have been going on about it for far too long but nevertheless this too will pass and so right in the thick of it the statement whatever it is about no matter how traumatic and how dramatic and how important it is to you personally or on behalf of the other whatever (coughs) her or his circumstances are no matter what it is this will pass and that has to register well and clearly because what feeds the problem is the view, this will not pass. How long will this go on for? This is never going to go away. And that view, that attitude towards whatever it uh, might be is the attitude which Guarantees its continuity, its wish fulfilling. This will pass. There are situations in life, coming to the uh, important, some of the important feelings of life. One of them is love. Love is far more than a feeling. It's one form of expression of love. Love is not bound to feelings. Love in itself is not just the feeling, and there are expressions of love in which there aren't feelings, but that's like another talking point. The love at times human beings because it is so central to human existence. We are dead creatures without, unless we know love. We are zombies. We are automatons. We are just living um, out of touch with the natural world. Love is a deeply important principle. But for love to be deep in the being with us, we not only have to recognize. Expressions of love, but enough mindfulness to be able to see it when it's being offered and when it's being shared, when it's being received, and when it's being given. And we should not be going, should I don't like this word too much? Apologies, not heartfelt as usual, but apologies that in the daily life, the interest in love and its expression, in 101 different ways, needs to be really in the centre of our considerations for what we say, what we think, what we feel and what we do. But the word love, many words of course, but the word love is really integrated as an es- essential element and part of the reason for that is we can't live without it there's no culture there's no art, there's no music there's nothing precious in life and (coughs) nothing beautiful in life unless there is love the very recognition of beauty in life is because there is love that recognises it and if we endeavour with the heart's wish to really ensure in the daily life a constant interest in love and in its presentation in its receptivity it will bring something deep out of the being which is important but what it will do and this is its great power it will make extraordinarily clear to us that which is not love it will make the non-love stand out so clearly because we know what love is and this challenge of the non-love the greed, the blame, the fear, the anxiety the terror, the worry, the trauma the past, the present, the future or or whatever Because we know what love is that non-love stands out it has to and in that non-love that stands, stands out what is the skills and the expertise and the explorations which help and contribute to the resolving of that so that which was problematic that which was unloved That itself can be transformed. And that transformation brings it into love. And this is the human endeavour. And sometimes it requires a trust and a patience. There may be somebody in your life, maybe, who you've refused to have any contact and communication with for years. That's unloving. that's a a withdrawal that's a distancing and the mind being out of touch with love easily has a rationalisation from memory why I should not offer any act of kindness or thoughtful word to the other all too human but you suffer don't think the withdrawal from and the cutting off from is a full protection because in the withdrawal from the cutting off from you're also cutting off some love and that's a pity there are situations and they do occur and, and appreciate the realism of these situations, where it is necessary for some people to withdraw from the other because of the risk and danger I've got in mind here—abuse, violent abuse, sexual abuse, and uh, and other kinds—and there is a real necessity to step away from. Obviously, and uh, has to be realistic about it. But can it be, in due course? That in spite of the necessity for one's own protection is a wise thing to do, that in due course one will dig deep enough to see if some resolution can be made. Some step can be towards the other. It isn't easy, but surely where there is abuse where there is violence, where there is exploitation, it is a confirmation of the absence of love in the human being. It could not have occurred unless it was the absence of love. So it challenges us in our reflections, not only here but in the outer, of the clarity and the wisdom sometimes to step back from But sometimes we've just done it in a period of time we've moved on perhaps we have developed a little bit more we've engaged in the Metta loving kindness meditation (coughs) we realise the importance of, of love maybe it's time while here and in the near future to say what steps can I make towards her towards him even though something in the past hurt so much and therefore are allowing the feeling of love to go to those who are difficult. It's, it's Anybody can love their friends. <laughs> anybody can love people who really love us. <laughs> no big deal about that. The challenge of love, its infinite expression, is when it's starting to go, Where it's very difficult to go, then we're talking about love. There, ask Jesus, man of extraordinary love, trying to sustain it till he got nailed. That's what love's about. Fortunately, in the in this kind of world we live in, we're not likely to get nailed for our love. Put down a bit, but it's it's a bit easier. with love, the recognition of it there are a number of you here who including this wallah who are not in a relationship intimate relationship you're not living with somebody you don't have a central we don't have a central person in our life Uh, I read that in the EU 50% of people in cities do not live with the partner or live alone, not in a relationship pretty high number uh, uh, these days from two or three generations ago that situation which can arise here quite often for those who are not in the relationship the thought can arise how lovely not always so lovely, but anyway, how lovely it would be. I feel so ready to be in a relationship. It's not about the formation, to me anyway, not about the formation of the role. Oh, if I was in a relationship, I've got so much to give and so much to share. And I'm just waiting for this man, this woman to walk into my life and be grateful. That it's not really so much about the formation of the role the thought comes in that way it's about the giving and receiving of love and we are a little bit conditioned into imagining the giving and receiving of love is between one and one in a particular formation, in a particular called a relationship Uh, relationship it genuinely is one expression of love but as you know when you've been in relationship or whether you have not been in a a, a relationship there is no guarantee that love will be flowing no guarantee at all so the peop- two people can be in a relationship; they're living living together. They're they're having their tea and toast for breakfast. <laughs> there's no indication that there's any or real love in the situation. And a person can be out of relationship, and she or he can be, we well, can be feeling, oh, there's no opportunity to really share or feel love the view of the presence of the other called a relationship or the view of the absence of the other may or may not have any relationship to love just may not and sometimes the structure whoa 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 one starts looking at one's life there. The difficulty for both. I, I, I'm, I'm slightly tempted to have a hands up, those who are in relationship, and a hands up of those who are not in a relationship, and a hands up of those who are not sure if they're in one or not. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, do you? <laughs> <laughs> that in relationship the problematic as- it's, it sounds all bad news honestly it's not but the problematic <laughs> aspect of relationship is we can expect too much of certain kinds of love and that will put the pressure on the partner and when we have an idea of this is Ways I want love to be shown to me. And it's not coming in the way that I want it. That can then start a reaction against. So then the other partner, she or he, feels the pressure. I'm not giving what he or she wants. And therefore it gets difficult to give love because of the pressure for love. Understand It's difficult to give love when somebody is demanding love. We don't feel like giving it. We feel like a divorce. We feel like falling into the arms of somebody else. So the wanting of love is the obstruction of love. It makes it difficult. And the person who is not in a relationship... Can have the thought how nice it would be to be in a uh, relationship. But it's vital for those of us who are not in a relationship to have enough mindfulness with the feel, because we're in touch with the feelings, we are human feelings, to recognize and acknowledge the countless numbers of expressions of love which come to us, which are both personal and impersonal and in, impersonal expressions of love are as important as the personal so the personal expressions of love in terms of the words the specific gesture of the acts of kindness it can be through the eyes it can be through the gift it can be through the time, energy, support communication, listening countless expressions but there are many expressions of love which we need to recognise which are impersonal impersonal in this case for the whole group all the care and love which has gone into supporting uh, this place the uh, changes which are going on to help people feel well and comfortable and secure and content while we're here it's love but it's in its impersonal form and it's up to us to find to stay in touch with the deep feeling, from their deep feeling, in this case the the feeling of love, and to check in with ourselves on the daily basis where there is love being expressed. And to be really clear that this is the great human activity. It is the great human activity, the showing of love. And to trust in the expressions of it, regardless of the outcome. And sometimes, of course, it can happen. And one has to be clear with this. We might show love to the other. We feel it. We express it. We communicate it, as I say, in the variety of ways. We shouldn't forget that in this, the acts of love for the other, there are some people who have so much need to feel loved. Strong need. There's a big gap in her or his life there. So when love is coming from the other, in all the ways that it can come, the person who is receiving it humanly enough, and understandably enough, will be feeling, whoa, somebody loves me. Somebody is thinking of me. Somebody is kind to me. I want more. (laughs) And the person who is offering her or his love to the other, uh, there, can then start to feel pressure from the other. Because the other needs more, it's not enough, I want more, I want more. And then the person who is giving the love in the beginning says, oh my God, I have to protect myself. This person is so demanding on me. And then, the per- and when then that person feels that pressure and starts to withdraw. And then the other person thinks, she didn't really love me after all, he didn't really care for me after all, look he's gone he's walked out, he's, he's withdrawn. he doesn't answer the phone, he's fed up with my 200 text messages a day <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes in the expressions and in the communications uh, of, uh, of love it requires an intuition intuition you know, it's an education an intuition or a sense of the vulnerability of the other it is important that we give love to those who feel unwanted and rejected and hurt and unloved or needy or whatever it is important that we offer it but it might well require from us in the communication to the other that there is a sharing in this case, uh, of the love to the uh, to the other, but also some language of the communication, which is clearly stating to the other uh, 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 person that also whatever I appreciate my space. Um, I'm, I'm happy to uh, uh, offer this. I have. Uh, other aspects of my life which I need to attend to and just to make something clear to uh, uh, the other in the very early stages just so that one's not under pressure from the, from the other person. Yeah. And if a person comes across needy then rather than the complete withdrawal it then requires some confirmation of what opportunity or time that one has to be available to the other and to be clear and concrete and specific. (coughs) Otherwise, you will run faster than than an Olympic athlete from this person. What brings an experience how am I doing? I hardly got to the end. Oh God, it's 4.25. All right, nearly there. When we come to the inner, the, <laughs> in, the in the East, one doesn't have these polite considerations for the amount of attention span of listening. Yeah, so in the monastery, the teacher might come, he might speak half an hour, start eight o'clock. It might be one hour, might be two hours, the longest I can recall was I think he finished around one thirty in the morning so it was about five and a half hours uh, there but in the west you know we're t- terribly polite in the east they don't mind, you just go to sleep and come back and listen a bit longer <laughs> 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 you know, teachers don't care they just got something more to say and when they're exhausted they namaste and go to bed <laughs> so anyway, however I, I'm, you know they live timelessly, we live in time so So, there are situations as I mentioned where in this exploration and in this uh, uh, communication there as pointed out to me a couple of times today already it is not easy just to feel it is not easy not easy to feel deeply there. And that outer expression in the uh, mindfulness of breathing uh, discourse in a way recognises that. And it's not surprising therefore that the first tetrad there is on the ex- easiest experience to feel are the body sensations. Sensations is the English word for bodily feelings So it's easy to feel the backside sitting on the cushion It's easy to feel the arm on the leg or or whatever it might be So those bodily feelings we can have access to there And those sensations or bodily feelings can contribute to centering and grounding ourselves from those feelings, that experiencing and calming of that when there's enough relaxation and enough calmness taking place then there can be, this is a difficult bit the receptivity to how one feels about that and this how one feels about is what we're listening out for Sometimes how one feels about that, as we have spoken, is has some happiness to it, and some joy and sweetness uh, to it. And the emergence of those feelings, the meditation technique and method and form, in such times, really can go quiet, because we're just in touch with what we feel. We look out, and we say, whoa, there's... The rain comes, and the blue sky comes, and the green blows in the tr- of the trees, uh, etc. There's uh, the good food which is prepared uh, for us. There's the, the beauty and the support and the good friendships that take place here. All of these small nuances of the day can remind us, and we can feel our response to them and this teaching is about learning to feel early the immediate response to really get to know the feeling in the most ordinary and with that access to uh, that it can include the recognition Of what that feeling is towards her, towards him, towards this, towards that, there. And to (coughs) stay in trust, sorry, to stay in connection with that feeling. And to see, this is the important thing here, having felt this, let's say, appreciation or this love or this pleasant feeling or this beauty or this uh, uh, sensitivity or this respect for having felt something in the pleasant world there to be clear as possible what do we make of it? What do we do with it? Is what we do with it Something which may get expressed or it may not. Can the pleasant feeling which is being experienced start to build up a fantasy, a story, a projection, an excessive use of imagination there. Some confusion, too many ideas about some interpretation of the future or we're going to live happily ever after and all the other ones it's all based on a feeling with a movement and the feeling and the movement then has got some influence from the past and the history and it grabs together and it creates the imaginations and the projections and the stories we're trying to stay in touch with the feeling and stay true to it Uh, there and anything which emerges out of that feeling that means the voice and the action it's the trust in the voice and the action that the intention that goes with it has some purity to it it has a heartfulness to it there is a trust in it and when there is a trust in the movement there's not the dependency on the outcome when there is trust in the movement of the being there isn't dependency on the outcome and when, there's a, when the trust in the movement is weaker there's more dependency on the result similarly with the unpleasant, same situation we may experience something unpleasant About oneself, about one's partner, about one's life, or whatever it might be. The unpleasant is vital to life. It is as important and as precious and as significant as the pleasant. Human beings cannot live without the unpleasant. It's an indispensable feature of human existence. And that feature of the unpleasant there is one of the contributions that in life that enables us to make change. We would have no reason to make a change if life was all pleasant. Life is no picnic, let's make it clear. Picnics may come from time to time, but as one of our poets said, you can have a lovely picnic, but there'll be a storm on the way. So, it doesn't sound too grim, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> so, life in its movement, the picnics to the storm kind of movement, in the unpleasant, whether it is about oneself, quotation mark, whether it is about another, there, yeah. with the unpleasant, what do I make? of it one is not trying to get rid of the unpleasant, it's an impossibility it will be there to the last breath of our life but what do I make of it, what do I do with this unpleasant and in the best sense the unpleasant is an encouragement to find a fresh way of looking at things if we don't find something fresh in the way of looking at something that unpleasant will get connected with something old anger blame self-rejection putting ourselves down putting other people down the, a habit will come in and land right on top of that unpleasant and we'll, the thought will justify it the thought will give it reason And then we're not actually dealing with the situation we're actually living in the past we haven't appreciated the unpleasantness its preciousness because it can be a real spark in life to start making creative imaginative changes which are new and are different and not just the old way of looking And sometimes with that in terms of the unpleasant and the relationship uh, to the new anger, blame, fault finding putting ourselves down and all of that it can only survive if we feed it. And if we don't feed it then you're happily starving it to death and then there is little or no pressure from the past but one has the capacity and the trust out of the unpleasant to generate something fresh and new and it's important to keep this in mind the unpleasant is a key to change but the change will have to be something creative and new otherwise it's just going to be the old and the old will be reactive, it will be negative, it will be blaming and you will be boring. (laughs) There is the feeling as well also difficult in the subtlety in the deep of the human being that between the two it's not that life is all pleasant or all unpleasant there is this neither pleasant nor unpleasant there yeah. and there are plenty of times when that feeling is also appropriate but in a way we have to know it rather well so somebody comes up and, and says hello and there's a so often say, how are you? And sometimes we might respond, well, not particularly pleasant, but it's not unpleasant. <laughs> just how it is. And that, just how it is between the pleasant and the unpleasant, is healthy, is normal. Can't imagine a life just switching backwards and forwards between the pleasant and the unpleasant gosh, be a nightmare some people are in the nightmare so there's some other neither pleasant nor unpleasant to recognise that sometimes we barely feel not that it isn't there but sometimes we barely feel there and I still say that is fine as well if in that bare feeling without the feeling sometimes it also contributes to clarity sometimes in the quietness of the feeling we can see things in a fresh way you know, some of the scientists uh, uh, there as a s- small example some of those who use their mind a great deal for their particular uh, work And avenues which are used. Actually, the feeling life sometimes is extremely quiet. Um, For some partners, too quiet. But very, very quiet uh, there. And so, in a world of science and maths and technology and information, uh, etc., the feeling life may be very quiet. But, and that may, may be appropriate in certain situations. But, a habit of it, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. A person doesn't know how to express feelings, may not even know what feelings are anymore, may be drying up, may not be able to relate to a person with strong feelings, because they're cut off, because they're in a field of work, especially, where the feeling life is not respected where it's not part of the exploration that's fine to be in that work where it's let's say it's academic where it's scientific or whatever it might be it's fine to be in it but my goodness me once out of it once you walk out of that building in the evening time the first thing you want to say where are the feelings if you go home dry, well hardly a a support for a good relationship is it? So the feeling life doesn't have to be present all the time it can be that middle period but as I say just to repeat a little bit we want to be really listen to ourselves and really ask ourselves as the theme of the talk today is there Genuinely regular presence of the pleasant feelings with all the love and the joy and the happiness that we can experience and I really can feel it. Because I'm a a human being, I'm a human feeling. Is there those times when the feeling life is quiet and it's appropriately quiet and it's not leading to a loss of contact with feelings? It's not leading to boredom, dullness, emptiness. Uh, feeling of not being alive because that, that is what happens when human beings lose touch with their feelings, they don't feel alive and with the unpleasant feelings which arise there those unpleasant feelings may well be intuitively telling us something very important there, it might be telling us we need to change something personally, socially politically or whatever uh, there What, out of that unpleasant feeling, is going to be a wise and clear action? Therefore, all areas of feeling deeply matter. Let's have a quiet minute, shall we? May all beings be in touch with feelings. May all beings respond wisely to our feelings. May all beings live with love and wisdom.